Greetings and salutations. Back at the home command. We are back up in the Twin Cities, and I think I outsmarted winter this time. Only a couple cloudy days for the less than a week I've been home. I've been home a full week. And it's sunny out, and the snow is melting, and uh, I missed a snowstorm. Spent an extra day in Rapid City. Avoided a snowstorm. I looked at the weather. Oh, no, I'm not going to. You don't have to twist my arm to stop at Rapid City. I love it there. Uh, it's kind of like 1950s America. Maybe I shouldn't say that because then the social justice wars will come in there and demand that the city take down its neon signs and stop having free parking and make it crap. Although the drunk Indians, there's drunk Indians. If you ever go to Rapid City, let me explain to you Rapid City. <clears throat> Rapid City is this nice town, but I'll never buy property there. I won't buy property in Rapid City because that's where the token amount of leftist liberals are. And uh, there's a, a fair amount of Indian reservations in the state, not necessarily close to Rapid City itself. Uh, but since Rapid City is pretty much the only town that you really come across until the Missouri River, a lot of people go there. And so what you'll do is you have a lot of uh, Indians, American Indians, not uh, East Indian Indians. Uh, they will show up and then they'll just be, I know this may shock you, but they'll be drunk and they'll be panhandling. And they're not necessarily aggressive. I think they're too drunk to be aggressive. Like they're not sitting there on the, on the sidewalk just waiting. But you'll be sitting out there, you know, at a cafe or a restaurant or my favorite cigar lounge, uh, except for the one in Las Vegas. And they'll want to talk to you, and it's just, it's just annoying. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to buy property here. I am not going to buy property. It would be kind of cool. It would be kind of kitschy to live downtown Rapid City because i got a downtown area. I could go there and smoke my cigars and sit and do whatever I want to do. Um, you know, just, just, it's a nice downtown area. But I'm, I'm, I'm harassed and annoyed. More annoyed, not really harassed. I'm annoyed by drunk Indians. And the city, and go, oh my God, they're not white people, so we can't tell any. We can't tell them to do it. They're a minority. They're going to call us racist. If I was mayor of Rapid City, I just have mayor of anything, any public figure. I don't think I'd change. I'm like, yeah, how you doing? No, fuck you. No, it is drunk Indians. Yes, that's what they are. They're not sober and they're not the East Indians. They're drunk American Indians. That's the first time and the only time I will use the prefix American Indians because that makes sense because we have to delineate between the two. And I'm going to put a task force called uh, you know, Bob, Fred, and Mike, the three cops, and their job will be to go and uh, shoo them off. Oh, and then I'm also going to be uh, putting down some legislation that I'd like the city council to promote. It's going to be an ordinance that you uh, you cannot harass people. You cannot panhandle. You're doing that to get rid of the Indian. Yes, but I'm applying it universally. I do not want anybody harassing anyone in my fair town of Rapid City. And then you'd have the social justice warriors and liberals and protesters and your regular race whore victim whores come in. And I'd show them down. i like, yeah, let's have a discussion. And then Rapid City have its local little television news. All right, Clara, you've been accused of racism. I'm like, didn't you hear? I'm a white male. Of course I'm racist. Everybody's racist. Racism is the new normal. And since now everybody is racist, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Do you got another stupid question? And they'd be like, oh my gosh, he's like Sheriff Joe Arapaho. Not Arapaho. Maricopa County Joe. What was, that? What was his last name? Was it Arapaho? I'm not confusing that with the Arapaho Indians. Anyway, not going to happen. Because the old captain's not going to buy property in Rapid City. 
Yo, Captain, will buy property. Hermosa. Maybe I'll go to Hermosa, which is too far away to be a suburb. Atham, look this up on the map. Maybe I'll go up to what? Blackhawk, Piedmont, something along the corridor there. Something far enough away where I'm not paying property taxes to support some teen center or some alcohol center, some other BS or something like that. I won't, I'm not going to pay for that. Uh, I'll be in some small little unincorporated town with land, lots of land. And I'll sit there on a rocket chair and my stoop say, it's good to own land. And then uh, I'll have a steel pole barn, pole barn that's insulated and heated. There'll be just one big room with a catwalk built on the interior. And up on top of the catwalk will be the lodging and the sleeping quarters. And below that will be the kitchenette and the shower and uh, some storage. And then just pull up the car right inside the house. Concrete flooring in one area, carpeted otherwise. Big-ass wood-burning stove right in the middle. And then who dang giggly? Cowboy Aaron is, is born and raised. But yeah, I did it. I did, uh, even though it was cold, Rapid City's been having very cold weather, very snowy. My agents in the field were reporting, and I met up with a couple of them. Um, and even when I came through town, like, oh man, this is the fir- first time I ever went to the Black Hills, and I did not want to go hiking. First time. Still excited about other stuff. Was kind of tempted to see what Deadwood looked like, but my truck has rear wheel drive, didn't have no weight in the back, and you are a fool going into the mountains. Uh, with a rear-wheel drive truck that ain't got no weight in the back. And so I just stayed squarely in Rapid City for a night, headed back. And now the old captain is home. And now, now we can get back to basics. Now, now that we're done avoiding winter, and I did it. I snookered winter. Oh, did I fuck Minnesota winter in the ass. Oh, did I screw her over. Oh, I got, I got, oh, did I beat her. I avoided some of the worst weather. Like I said, I spent that extra day in Rapid City because I was like, eh, I can make it. Visited the Great One himself over in Fort Collins, Colorado. And you got a choice. You could go straight shooting across, was it 14, and Evely hook up to 76 or 70? I think it's 7, 70, 76, and that hooks up into 80. That's the most quickest way home. Um, and the good news is if you go that way, you get Rooster Booster Light because they got a QT. In Omaha, Nebraska, you can load up on that. It's my favorite energy drink. Uh, but then I looked at this massive 6 to 12 inches. 60, that's Minnesota. Minnesota winner, even though she's female, that's her putting on a 6 to 12 inch strap on and fucking you Minnesotans in the ass. And you just take it, oh, I just like the seasons. I just, they have good schools. They have good schools. They have diversity. I like living close to my parents. John, even though I know I said I want to live in Phoenix where it's warm and sunny and you have a quarter million dollar a year job, I miss my parents. And they have good schools. I like the seasons. John, hardworking engineer, computer programmer, foolish enough to marry Bammy, the social worker with big tits. Instead of recommending, well, we could go to Flagstaff where they have snow. It's not that cold. I miss my parents. Then John bends over while Miss Minnesota Winter fucks him in the ass because he didn't tell his wife no. No! 
We are staying here. I miss my parents. Have them fly down. Fly up and visit them in negative 20 degree weather and you will come back sooner than you think. That's, that's something very specific to, to Minnesota culture. Um, it, and I've heard it at least a score of times, especially now that I've been getting older. The, the girls will always come up with those three reasons. I like the seasons. It's like, yeah, Minnesota's got three seasons. It's called June, July, August, and winter. Then they want to be close to their parents, who are too fucking stupid themselves to move the fuck out of this socialist, cold-ass shithole. And their schools. Oh, my God, they got such good schools. No, they don't. They have leftist indoctrinating camps. And the schools are not... Look, a school in Minneapolis is no better or worse, measurably so, than, say, some in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or Phoenix, they're all leftist indoctrinating shitholes. You can all, your kid could go as far or as short as he or she wants. You know, they could take the remedial, I got the Asperger exhaustism, a duh, 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 disease. And I need to be in the special ed ca- uh, classes with the retards and the kids faking being retarded. Or you could get AP classes. I always got a kick out of it. Oh, it's, it's not a good, you know what's a bad school is when like there's shootings and, like, you got to get metal detected. I don't mean shootings like some crazy kid without a father came in and shut up an otherwise good school. I'm talking about, like, where you have metal detected. That's a bad school. But even then, it's not like you can't go study chemistry. You can't go study AP physics. Do women even think about other people? Do you even, and even, do you even think about your best interests? You think logically, mathematically? Hey, instead of us going up to BFE and giving up my quarter million dollar a year job down here in Dallas where it's warm and there's no state income taxes, instead of us moving back to Minnesota so you can see your family and you can have the seasons, why don't you drive your little fucking cunty ass up there on Highway 35 and do it or fly up? Visit mom. Go away for a week. Go away. I'll take care of the kids. Then here we'll have... The kids will go... They'll learn calculus just the same. It really is... It really is a... uh, Proof... That... A lot of Minnesota women are incapable of selflessness. They're also incapable of long-term thinking. And, And it's just... It's really this myopic... Was it solipsism? Is that the word? Hang on, Kara. You 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 went to school. Solipsism, solipsism. That's a new one that came out. Solipsism. The view or theory that the self is all that can be known to exist. Yes, yes, that's the exact word. Solip, solip, solipsism, solipsism. Not slopsism. That's something else. That's that's a fun time in bed. Solipsism. Oh, I see it. I just want to see my parents. Well, go see them then. <laughs> Any guy really like, yes, go see them. Have fun. I want you to come with. No. There's that word again. No. Not, no. 
All right, what we got? Let's get some fan mail out of the way. Jesus Christ. Oh, this. That one's a long one, and I deleted it. Dang it. My asshole consulting email cuts off. Maybe I'll look that one up later. All right. Uh, this comes from uh, Mike. Mike writes, you were right again, asshole. Despite a strong financial position, let's call it minimalist FU money, you were, you were very cautious about me leaving the military behind for some poorly defined something better. You explained that I... Yeah, you were going to hop on... You were a frog going from one lily pad hopping and hoping one would just magically sprout underneath you. You explained that I was very unlikely to find more meaningful work, better quality people to be around, or better benefits. Yeah, you're not going to... Those three things, meaningful work, better quality people, better benefits, all in the military. You will not find any of those in corporate America. And it was all true. I was just being short-sighted because of some temporary setbacks at work. I had the means to opt out if I wanted, but you had the foresight to see that life on the outside wasn't going to make me any happier. No, it's, it would make me miserable. So I found ways to be happier where I am right now. There wasn't much I could do about the problems at work way beyond my sphere of influence. Good, you're acknowledging what you do and do not control. So I concentrated on other things. Dropped 25 pounds, invested in my relationships with other people. And what do you know? Work doesn't seem so shitty anymore. The idea of doing another 10 years is looking a lot more attractive. I bet you uh, dropping that 25 pounds also just um, certainly psychologically, but physically, your, your body's probably just feeling a hell of a lot better. You're probably just feeling good with having that 25 pounds uh, gone. So you're probably just in a better a spirit all, all around. So that's good. But I'll be doing the next 10 years a bit differently. I'm going to coast foot off the gas, no promotions, no busting my ass. It's time to show up, do my job just well enough to collect all those fat, juicy benefits, then clock out and have some fun time with my friend. Well, good. Well, why don't why not get promoted as well? See, like, look, when you go into corporate America or work a regular government job, any kind of job, period, outside of the military, unless rare, uh, extra effort usually gets punished. But or certainly not rewarded. But if the opportunity comes up that you're like, oh yeah, go do that, and you really like, it, and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we need to promote you to major, or colonel, or whatever the hell your rank is now. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, don't you know? I understand coasting. That's a good default policy. Uh, but if the opportunity comes up that they're like, hey, we got this project you want to work on, you're like, holy shit, that sounds fun. Uh, yeah, go ahead and do it. Um, anyway, good to hear from you, Mike. Glad that worked out. That'll go into the box of mementos. Uh, this comes from, uh, Alex. Alex writes, hi, Aaron. Sometimes you refer to dumb HR cunts. I think this is a gross insult to dumb cunts everywhere. Compared to what I meet in HR, other dumb cunts are a pure delight. Uh, yes, that is true. And I'm sad. It is true because HR is evil. HR has an attitude and lip on top of it. I have met Three good HR gals. Uh, but for every one of them, 30, 40, uh, just vile, evil women working in HR. Um, and it is, yeah, a, a dumb cunt, that's just, you know, that's just a dumb gal. And you're kind of more or less born with the IQ you're going to have. I do believe there's some some element of uh, nurture or your environment that, uh, overrides your nature a little bit, but, uh, yeah, you can't blame people for being dumb. Uh, and dumb women and dumb men are everywhere. It's whether they go on to be evil and that's HR. I want to be in power. I think I, I don't want to do math. 
HR, social worker, government. Hi, Aaron. Hope you're doing well. My name is... Oh, my goodness. Juaria? I apologize if I'm pronouncing that one. Uh, 22 years of age. A while back, I asked for your advice in regards to studying for a PhD in clinical psychology, and your video response was very helpful. I was very delusional throughout my teenagehood and ended up studying for a bachelor's of science in psychology and got an upper 2-1. Must be... Is that is this a foreign country? Uh, I didn't do my research about useless degrees and the value of studying STEM degrees. While I was in my second year of studying psychology and still being lied to by my incompetent math-phobic professors and lecturers, I noticed how bullshit psychology was and how they would dumb down statistics-based modules and focus on social psychology and psychology of feeling and all that other useless crap. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember this happened to me in college as well. You think finance would be rather math intense, and it is. It is, but not if you're getting, not if you're like you're going through your bachelor's degree. Unless you're going to get a master's or get a PhD in it, I remember they dumbed it down so much. Like, well, here you with your financial calculator, you can do this with formulas. You, oh, we're not. You just have to understand the concept. And that was kind of a hint to me that I should have gotten out, but I didn't. Uh, useless crap. I did my research and came across your videos. You woke me up. It was a godsend wake-up call. You made me face reality. I started seeing the world differently. I soon began realizing that studying a hard subject or working hard will in the long run make your life a lot easier compared to other useless degrees. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you. That's why I've been trying to tell people. Again, I'll tell the story of my buddy. uh, I can't mention his name. He's an Asian buddy of mine because I'm racist. Uh, he had an easier life, way easier. Now, he had a harder time in college, but he had a way easier life. He majored in computer engineering, I think it was. He's a programmer now. This guy never had to worry about food, clothing, shelter. Never. And the amount of hell and calories of effort I had to go through, which, which even doesn't compare to what liberal arts majors have to go through with being perpetually in debt and all that other stuff. He, he, yeah, he had to put in his dues for the four years he went to college. I think he even took five years to go to college. But when he came out, the world worked for him. Me, I had to go battle the world, world tooth and nail. And if you're a liberal arts man, you won't even be able to battle. You'll just have to sit there and hopefully Bernie Sanders will come bail you out. But it is way easier. It is the, it is the weak man. Here, let's, because everyone, I'll try and argue a case on its merits and its moralities and its principles and its practicality and its efficiency and economics. Screw that. You're a psychology man. Let's go this way. You'll maybe appreciate this. I'll argue because of its laziness, because of its sloth principles that will appeal to human nature. It's easier and lazier. It's the easy way out to major in engineering and STEM. It is. It's called delayed gratification. Some of you don't have an IQ high enough for it. But trust you me, maybe that'll prompt you guys to go and major in engineering. Gonna major in hair. Going to Bob's School of Cosmetology over at the strip mall. Just like people. I want the seasons. And I want the good schools to be by my parents. Bah. While I was in my final year, I started teaching myself computer science and programming through online courses. When I graduated, I started applying for jobs and got no responses because most of the high-paying jobs require 
required quantitative-based degrees, math, physics, engineering. I couldn't secure myself graduate schemes. It became almost impossible with my psychology degree. Oh, so you got you you got your psychology degree. Out of desperation, I applied for nonprofit jobs. My God, were they so retarded and useless? Hiring managers, managers, and all professionals and nonprofits, they were basically low-caliber individuals who had psychological issues and depressed about the fact they weren't working for for-profit corporations. I knew I was too smart to be working for a nonprofit organization. Uh, yeah, it's nonprofit means you are operating on charity. And uh, I remember working in the credit unions, which are nonprofit. And holy retarded shit snacks, Batman. Um, yeah, that was the that was the reject pile of the financial world. Now I'm studying for a bachelor's of science in computing and IT mathematics at Open University, and working shitty jobs to fund my second degree. Good man, good man. I am aiming to do my master's of science in computer software engineering. Work for a few years to do a PhD. Oh wow! All right, top five university. Uh, by that time, I'll be kicking ass. I'll be shitting on my psychology grad counterparts. I watched almost all your YouTube videos and everything you said came true. I apologize for the lengthy email. Dude, no problem. I like to hear it when young people have success. But I just wanted to say that you actually saved my life. You saved me from years, if not decades of misery and poverty. Yes. Yes, I did. Oh, let's cut, let's, let's be honest. Cut all the BS aside. Yes, I fucking did. And I'm happy to have helped you. And this is exactly why people should read my books. This is exactly why people should hire asshole consulting. This is exactly why people should listen to me. And I'm not being arrogant or cocky. I am saving millions of dollars, maybe even tens of millions by this time. We're talking what? How many, how many years? How many decades? How many centuries of lives have we saved? By warning you kids about the worthless degrees out there. Uh, you save me from years of uh, decades of misery and poverty. Is because of you I am... Now, wise is studying a STEM degree. I will always keep you in my prayers. Well, thank God. That's kind of nice. Even though I'm agnostic, thank you very much. Keep up the great work. You're saving lives. Regards. And the name I can't pronounce. Well, thank you. That will definitely go into the memento box. Now, listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? Much as I try to avoid the news, here it is. Uh, this was sent to me from a, from a reader? Somebody. Somebody sent this to me. Uh, and let me give you the background on it before I jump right into the article. There's a professor, economics professor, George Mason, which I believe that's where Dr. Walter E. Williams was a teacher, professor. Could be wrong. Uh, professor's name is Brian Kaplan, economics professor. And he wrote a book called The Case Against Education. And, and, and I'm glad you academics are on top of things that I was on top of 15 years ago. Good thing we didn't waste an entire generation of time and money. Now, now you guys at Jordan Peterson, slow draw, draw, Peter. Oh, I'm going to get them liberals. Hang on. Oh, dang. Let me get my Barney Fife bullet on my pocket. For, oh, it's a revolver. Let me open that. Now, this is lightning speed for academics. I'm going to put my bullet in. There we go. I'm going to fire back at the liberal big time academicus. Patoo! Ooh, I'm a hero. Everybody pay attention to me. So you can you can either operate at the speed of light, me, or you can operate at the speed of snails, academics. But it's good. I'm just busting people's balls. Nothing wrong with Mr. Kaplan, but just like, where the hell were you guys for the past decade and a half? It's good to see that only two decades worth of kids unnecessarily forked over $5 trillion of tuition money for worthless degrees. Glad it only took 20 years 
for professors. And these are, keep in mind, these are the independent thinking professors. These are the smarter than average ones. You still got 98% of the professors who will never admit that education is BS and that's just a money-making operation. Anyway, so uh, Dr. Kaplan wrote a book called The Case Against Education, and it looks like he goes more through um, uh, the real value of what degrees confer upon you is, um, is signaling to employers that you're a dumbass son of a bitch sticking four years. I mean, you will get fucked in the ass. You will bend over and spend, not only will you spread your ass cheeks for employers, you will, you will butter up your asshole with oil so that these employers can fuck you even more. That's basically, like, look at these suckers. They're going to spend four to six, masters preferred, I know. They're, they're going to jump through that hoop. Do you imagine how many other hoops they'll jump through when they come work for us and they sign a mortgage and a car loan? So uh, all my crassness aside, it is good to see a professor, somebody in the field, actually writing about whether or not a degree is worth it. And so this book is, uh, he's also very well um, ensconced within other forms of traditional and and, uh, uh, untraditional media. So he has a large presence. So he comes out with this book. And there's no doubt in my mind, I haven't read it. I might actually read it, but there's no doubt in my mind. well intended for the kids because I just don't I don't charter that much maliciousness on somebody to take this unpopular and even uh, somewhat self sabotaging position to his own career because he's he's a he's a professor so I'm I'm thinking like there's some intellectual honesty here that should be your hat should be tipped and and all that for uh, Dr Kaplan now this put. The sand in somebody's vagina, namely Sarah Carr. Now, who is Sarah Carr? Well, let me read the article. Then you're going to see where I'm going to go with this here later. She wrote an article for the Washington Post. She doesn't like Dr. Kaplan's book. And you say, well, Aaron, what, what does she care? Isn't this good? Isn't this for the children? Isn't that what leftists are for? Oh, no. You see, because Miss Carr is going to show you who it's truly for here in this article. All right, so here we go. Is Education a Waste of Time and Money by Sarah Carr? This is February 16th. Sarah Carr is the editor of the Teacher Project. Teachers! Right off the bat. See, veteran listeners know immediately, you've already been able to diagnose this. What's the Teacher Project? What is that? Does that help? Does that help the kids? The, te- the childrens? We want to help the childrens. Well, how about not having them go for $150,000 in debt for a degree they don't need? All right, heck, let's just draw the conclusion now because we these people are so simple. They're so basic. We can already assume she is protecting her industry. She doesn't want to work hard. She's a professor, teacher, guy, whatever. It's big education. And she needs you kids to fork over and sign away your lies, $75,000 to get worthless degrees. Because otherwise she's out of a part-time job because she's a professor, a journalist, you see. Sarah Carr is the editor of the Teacher Project, an education reporting fellowship at the Columbia School of Journalism. You want to talk about another dead uh, appendage that the human race doesn't need? You want to talk about a gallbladder journalism school? An author of Hope Against Hope, which tells the story of the New Orleans schools. Here's the actual... See, so you already know. You already know. For those of you who knew, I'll explain it to you here in a little more detail as we investigate. 
Well, the past two decades, a cultural mantra has overtaken the school reform movement with educated reform movement. They're telling me that 20, 25 years ago, everyone had to go to college. What movement is this? Are people dying from old age of this movement? Is Professor Pearson still loading up his Barney Five bullet, putting it in, oh, I'm going to shoot down the establishment, pitchu. With education leaders across the country committing themselves to helping more low-income first-generation college students make it through four-year universities, in schools across the country, teachers coat hallways with college banners, take children as young as middle school on college tools, and prep even elementary-age youngsters with chants like, we get the knowledge to go to college. You are brainwashing these poor kids. This is no difference than the indoctrination. But mark my words, Sarah, if you're listening to this, and I know you're probably a fan of Christianity, this is no different than the indoctrination we got when I went to parochial school. When I was forced to go to that damn concentration camp and had Jesus shoved up my ass, they immediately gave us indoctrination, indoctrination right off the bat. We were going to go to what, Luther College? And there was some other college... I think Luther College was in Iowa, and there's another one in La Crosse. Like they had us lined up. It's because you wanted to make more money. You want they wanted more Christians. You want more leftists. You want you are just feeding them to the big education machine. And I'm not saying that like some hippy dippy uh, protester. You are you are programming and brainwashing these young kids as young as middle school to go. Hey, look at college. Isn't this fun and exciting? Well, by the way, it's going to cost you hundred thousand dollars of your life, and and we're going to channel you into most worthless degrees. But at least you're our bitch, and we get your money. I mean, uh, at least you're educated. Uh-huh. And how dare you do it to low income and first generation, which means uh, immigrants, non-white, non-native uh, American type students. How dare you? See, this is the hypocrisy of the left. Or, or an unforgivable, astounding amount of ignorance on Ms. Carr's part, where they actually think they're helping these kids, indoctrinating them and, and crippling them with debt for worthless degrees. I don't know which it is. Are you too stupid to know that your degree in journalism is worthless? Or do you fully well know and the only ride you got left is to keep feeding more virgins to the volcano at the altar of fucking higher education and the liberal arts so you old aged baby boomer and Gen X fucks can parasite off these kids until you're hopefully dead. It's amazing. I just wanted, all I want, all I want when I die, all I want is the kids to say, you know what, that guy was on our side. He was an asshole. He told us he broke our dreams and busted our balls, but he didn't ask us to fork over no $100,000 for a degree in journalism. He told us to go into STEM and engineering and the sciences and programming. Heck, he told us not even go to college, go to the trades, go to the military. He wrote books on it, I recall, but we didn't read it because, oh, it was librarians kicked it out of their library one time because it was sexist. Uh, educators are motivated by studies that consistently show the economic payoff of a college degree. People with a bachelor's degree earn 84% more than those with a high school diploma, according to a report from Georgetown University Center on Education and Warfare. I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet nuts to bolts, uh, that is historical looking. Just like when, when, oh, and and is this also when, when the baby boomers are, you got to go to college or what? When it costs 30 cents for a master's degree back in 1971, yeah, I'm sure now, in the past, people went to college 30-odd years ago. They did make more money than those that didn't. But you don't care about the few. We don't, we don't do math. We don't look at education bubbles or housing bubbles or inventory or supply. Nah. 
Armed with such figures, there is indeed a compelling case to be made for expanding access to college education is key, if not the key component in the fight against entrenched economic inequality in the United States. No, now that's a lie. That is a lie. Carr, you're lying. You pulled one statistic that is backwards looking, not forward thinking. And on top of it, if not the key component against entrenched economic inequality, how about this? Poor people stop having kids they can't afford. How, how about we start with that? That's the number one cause of poverty because it directly affects the number one measure of poverty, income per capita or wealth per capita, anything per capita. Because guess what? Don't know if you could do division because you're a journalism major. It's more capita. The uh, denominator is larger than the numerator and it lowers the overall ratio. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do the math. I know math is hard for women. Oozing. Uh... So right off the bat, this and this is standard Columbia School of Journalism type people. This is just journalists in, in general. They have an agenda. They're pushing it. They don't actually care about the poor people or the minorities or the young or the children or the future. Because if they did, they'd have the balls and the courage and the spine to say, hey, look, you want to not be poor? Stop having kids you can't afford. All right? You want to not be poor? Don't major in stupid shit like I did. She's not going to tell you that. See, this is why I believe... It's, are they devils or dupes? Does she actually believe it? I'm starting to get the impression she's a devil because she's the, the, she's the professor. She has a vested economic interest in lying to you people. So you guys go and sign away on your, your kids' student loans and you sign away on your own student loans. And, oh, we need, we need government bailouts like the bankers. Bernie Sanders come... We see, but we're better than the bankers because we're stupid, idiotic students who are so amazingly independent-minded and have these great critical thinking skills. Which is it? Supposed to like bow down at these kids and tell all the educator in the college, oh, you're so intelligent. Well, then why do I need to keep bailing? Are you that stupid? We need to keep bailing you out? Balderdash argues Brian Kaplan, professor of economics at George Mason University, a self proclaimed libertarian. Well, how do you sell? You either are or you aren't. What do you mean he's self proclaimed? He is. He's a self proclaimed Christian. Well, that probably means he is a Christian. In the case against education, rights the government should stop using tax dollars to fund education of any kind. All schools, primary, secondary, and university alike should be solely funded by fees and private charity. Pell grants and the stu- federal subsidies that help millions of low-income students afford college should be cut. Uh, Kaplan is author of The Selfish Reasons to Have More Kids, in which he argues that nature matters more than nurture and child rearing, meaning parents needn't work nearly so hard to groom their kids into model students and citizens. Kaplan's bold and provocative conclusion in The Case Against Education is based on a raft of statistics, which he presents ad nauseum throughout his book. Yeah, unlike you who presented one, I'd rather have a plethora, a cacophony of statistics, than one that's skewed, dated, and backwards-looking. His argument hinges on the idea that the main value of education, or particularly more advanced degrees, comes not from helping prepare us to be better citizens, thinkers, and workers, but it's, okay, let's stop here. So you, young lady, old lady, think that the purpose of education is to become a better citizen, thinker, and a worker? The point of a, a better education, of higher education, is to get a job, right? You don't need to pay some washed-up professor at the Columbia School of Journalism $300 a credit, probably more because it's I think it's private, uh, to become a better citizen or thinker. You can just listen to podcasts and get books at the library for free or tune in to Stephen Molyneux. You don't need to pay hypocrites, these, these aged Gen X and baby boomer 
professor, uh, professorial vampires that want to suck the financial lifeblood out of you kids so you get some worthless piece of paper that you can't get a job with anyway. If it, and if there's like a cheaper way to become better citizens, thinkers, and workers, I don't know, workers, I can almost agree with you there, but that assumes that you know, you're going to get actual skills and trades. But the citizens and thinkers, well, you'd admit it, me, and me, if you're a good citizen, you say, well, kids are spending a lot of money on education. Is there a way we could get them to be better citizens and thinkers? Ah, I know. Let's have civics class. Oh, we already have it in college, uh, K through 12. Oh, we need more money. Shh, don't tell them that. We need them to take English composition again in freshman comp. No, 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 not freshman as in high school. Freshman comp is in college. Well, because it's English professors, what are we going to do for money? I don't want to work a real job. Do you, Mike? Yeah, so let's tell them they need a bunch of prerequisites. Shh, don't, don't say it so loud. It is free to become a better citizen. They should already have this in civics class. Thinkers, they should, what, 13 years if you conclude kindergarten. You're telling me 18-year-old kids don't have it? No, no, no. This is just you guys stretching along and milking these children for as long as you possibly can. From kindergarten to college, you guys are sucking the fucking money out of them and indebting them. And again, if the biggest hypocrisy among academics, especially the left, is how you all claim to be for the children. You rape these kids. You fucking rape them. That's what you do. I, I, I go to sleep good tonight. I go to sleep at pretty much well. I sleep very well every night. I don't know how you guys do it. Uh... His argument hinges on the idea that the main value of education, and particularly more advanced degrees, comes not from helping prepare us to be better citizens, thinkers, and workers, but from what's known as educational signaling. Education and degrees help ratify pre-existing traits such as persistence, intelligence, and conformity to social norms. Big, huge, uh, bold should be on conformity. Because you have got to be a sheep and a lemming combined. Sheep lemming. You genetically combined it together. So you go run off a cliff while buying on the way down to your death to say, I'm going to go to school for six years, get an MBA, and then commit my life and screw my family to an employer. Conventional education mostly helps students by raising their status, he writes. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with him because he's an economist, he's done research, he has more statistics, and he's not. As you're going to find out, he's got a much better background than Ms. Carr. On a whole host of measures, income, job satisfaction, happiness, health, Kaplan offers his own estimates on how much education matters, nearly always concluding that it's far less beneficial than conventional wisdom or existing research would have us believe. Well, I'd have to go along with that. Because if you some macroeconomic, women's happiness is going down, life expectancy increases are slowing down. Uh, economic growth is slowing down. Labor force participation rate is are down. Unemployment rate, though, is down. That's a good thing. Uh, but underemployment is way up. And I doubt anyone's done a lot of research into this. I very much highly doubt. I bet you Kaplan's over on the on the cutting edge of this. And I know it's anecdotal, but how many articles do I have to hear about millennials not being able to pay back their student loans? And having trouble finding jobs. Why do you think his, his book and my book are so popular? Way more popular than yours, I might add, Miss Carr. For instance, when computing education's benefits via V health, he cites a host of reasons the effect may not be so great as presumed. More years of education may indeed correlate to a longer life expectancy, as documented in numerous studies. Yes, we have to go back to generations. And we're talking about life expectancies. We're talking about baby boomers, possibly the silent generation. Yes, 
Back then, 50 years ago, a college degree was worth it. But the millennials aren't even... Shit, half of them still live at home. They're still shitting in their diapers. Uh, but perhaps that's partly because of reverse causation. Poor health impend- impeding educational progress rather than educational progress promoting good health. Oh, wow. Go reach. Go reach a little bit. Hang on, let's go get Rubber Man from the Marvel comics. Maybe he could reach a little bit further. In the, in the end, he concludes with a breezy confidence, and my best guess is that the true health benefit of a year of education is somewhere between nothing and .02 steps on a four-step scale. All right, I'm inclined to agree with him because he did the math. Now, he even he will admit that it's a best guess. You know, economics, if he's a good economist, I'm inclined to believe he is. He's like, yeah, I can, it's all estimates. Capital is more optimistic about vocational than academic education. Oh, no, what are you going to do, Miss Carr? You don't want to learn to become a mechanic or an electrician. You'd actually have to work. Your hands would have to get dirty. You couldn't pontificate liberal leftist shit like this on the Washington Post. Then you'd have to teach boys. You'd have to run into boys. Kaplan is more optimistic about vocational than academic education, arguing that it does more to improve high school graduation rates, raise income, and reduce unemployment. Yet even improved or expanded technical training is not worth an outlay of taxpayer money. No, how about this? Here's the concept. It's not your money. Huh? And then there's student loans. You're still borrowing, so it's not like the government just gives you the money. I mean, you got to pay it back. But did it ever dawn on you, Ms. Carr, that people are entitled to their money because they sacrifice part of their finite, uh, finite, limited lives to get it? And just because they invested it and, and sacrificed it more wisely than you did and make more per hour than you, doesn't give you the right to go and take their money and give it to some other kids so you can feel popular. And here's the other thing. I know this is foreign concept to you, Miss Carr, and especially being a journalism major and, and, and all that other stuff. Uh, you see, when you go to a technical school like a Dunwoody or your local community college and you become a mechanic or electrician, you make money. I know that's not the case with journalism majors. I know you guys just sit there with your debts and you expect Bernie Sanders and the mechanics that you mocked and ridiculed who went to vocational school to end up paying more taxes to bail you people out of your money or your student loans. But you see, these guys actually make money they only go to school for two years, not the four to eight that you guys require. And then they go work and they make money. And then they're richer than you, liberal arts graduates. Uh, beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. What do I sound like that guy from uh, Fat Albert? Who be saby, Fat Albert? Hey, Fat Albert, what are you going to do with him? Tom Donald. Hey, hey, hey. That's a great cartoon. I know you millennial idiots have seen it. Oh, man. The guys, they all run together at the same... It, 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 never mind. It, it, it's Fat Albert, you guys got to watch the cartoon. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, in his view, government should get out of the way and, let's, and take stock of all the opportunities the labor market provides. That includes reinstating child labor. Yeah, I'm sure he wants like little five-year-olds. Yeah, uh-huh. Hey, I worked when I was 12. Nothing wrong with kids going and opening up a little uh, sandwich shop or lemonade stand. Nothing wrong with doing a little bit of a labor in the fields. I know your hands are so soft with all the moisturizer and typing. You're typing, type as a journalism major. For someone who shapes at Kaplan's often specious reasoning and disagrees with most of his conclusions, there's still something refreshing about the cheeky questions he raises about the role of vocational education. Oh, are you going to admit that you can't change your own oil and you got to pay somebody else with a fraction of the uh, 
education that you have, but the same earnings potential. The value of college and the mismatch between educational offerings and job opportunities. Moreover, the conversation about education is often dominated by debates over governance. Who should run schools and control the purse strings? Even the debate over the common core curricular standards centered less on what should be taught than on perceived or misperceived federal intrusion into states and districts' jurisdictions over their schools. The perennial question of who has control. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have kids, this is just another argument to homeschool your kids. Um, there's now an online high school you can go. Uh, I think multiple states offer online high schools. Just just send, like, you know when your kid's getting shot or beat up or having to go to school with the normies, conformies, and inferiors? Just just homeschool your kid, all right? Or have your kid go to school online, all right? You don't need, you don't need to be at, at a high school. You don't need to be there. You don't need to actually be in college. That's why I think Western Governors University and ASU Online are awesome developments. But why go to the indoctrination camp? And that's what K through college is. Why go there? Give these frauds your money while they're arguing and bitching and whining about who controls them, what are we going to teach them? You know what? Fly above it like an AWAC. Just be above the battle. Go online. Get your degree. Be done with it. Well, how will you know to socialize with other students? These kids don't even know how to socialize with themselves. They're all looking at their phones, sitting next to each other, not saying a word. They're all online anyway. Kaplan eschews de- such debates over who should run the schools, dismissing public funding for private schools, a.k.a. vouchers that many libertarians champion as an, infici- ins- as an insufficient tweak to a badly broken system. Instead, he focuses his scrutiny on what students learn in school and his own estimates of how much value it brings to them to society at large. Kaplan's intriguing line of inquiry could, in different hands, lead to a truly constructive debate and possible reckoning. But in addition to his offering opinion under the guise of data, yeah, nasty data, we don't like no facts, there are two major fallacies and dangers to Kaplan's argument, both relating to equality. Wow! Are we going to do the whole, because vagina and not white skin again? Is that where we're going to go? Because you haven't done it enough. We never do it. These poor college kids don't get enough diversity and sexism in class. We got to go with this route. What's it like having no new ideas or lacking the intellectual temerity to, to like, be honest? Why does it always have to go to hiding behind the color of your skin or vagina? First, his analysis treats educations and teachers as a monolith. That is to say, pretty universally a waste of time. Yes, he's right. When he's talking about education, he can't go and individually discuss every teacher. He makes significant distinctions only when it comes to subject areas. Deriding the humanities is Mickey Mouse majors, for instance. Yes, he's right. They are Mickey Mouse. You, dear lady, have a worthless degree. You have a Mickey Mouse major, which we're going to address later. With this largely macro lens, he misses an important opportunity to scrutinize the startling gaps in education quality across states, districts, institutions, schools, and teachers. Well, that's not, I don't think that's the point of his book. I think he wanted in general, like, what, look, he, he doesn't want to write an academic paper that's going to be thousands of pages long. He's just saying, hey, kids, be careful before you go to college. He had drilled down to compare the quality of education and attendance, student, and societal outcomes in a small group of high schools of varying quality, for instance. Had he, had he, we might get a very different view of both the role of signaling and the state of the American education system. Look, <clears throat> That's not the point of his book, and you want to you want to solve the the problem of education, you know, in the inner city or poor schools. One, have a father around, 
Start fighting against single motherhood. Insist on having a dad there. Advocate not having kids out of wedlock. Uh, put focus back on the family. All right? And then have kids raised properly. Spank your children. I know that's a little problem for millennials now, and, and we transcend race here. Little Jimmy has ADHD, HD, 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 and the Spurgs, and the aughts, and the isms, and the bipolars, and he's social, he's four, and he's socially anxious. Give him drugs. This pussyfooting around these leftists do to solve big major problems, when all it takes is calling out the emperor has no clothes. Stop having kids you can't afford. Hey, go on birth, no, no. Hey, hey, Matilda, Matilda, come here. Right? You're on birth control, and you can fuck as many guys as you want, right? And then, then you can come inside you, it don't matter. No, it won't matter. It's called birth control. And then after you get your CPA, then you can find a nice guy, Bob, and marry him, and then you can have children. But if, if you want to fuck, go fuck. But here's some birth control, and don't have no kids when you're 15, 16, 17, 18, or 19, or 20, okay? Right? That's it. Make sure the guy's wrong. Make sure Bob's a nice guy. Yeah, before you breed with men, make sure they're good, reliable, stable men who will be there and not quote-unquote run off and be the deadbeat dad. How can you tell? Well, if his hat's on sideways and, and he didn't graduate from high school and his pants are drooping down in between his knees and his crotch, that might be a sign he's not going to stick around. Just saying. You know? And if he's on meth, you know, he's in the hoodang diggly and he's from a trailer park, God, he's pickup truck, but he can barely afford the pickup truck, and the, he'd rather have his double wide trailer be repossessed than his pickup truck. That also is probably not a good idea. No, probably not a good idea to marry that guy. No, doesn't speak English, and he's in an English speaking country. That's another probably not going to be around. Probably not. Okay, now you go find a nice nuclear family with a good Ward Cleaver father who will install discipline and respect into your children. And then when you send them off to school, I think the schools will improve. No, we can't do that. We just can't do that. We have to do something polite and nice and kind and ultimately fruitless that won't solve the problem. And ultimately damages another, what, five, six generations of children because ain't nobody got the balls? You care about minorities and disadvantaged and poor people so much, you're not going to tell them the truth about their situation. And you're going to further then condemn them and their future offspring into the same fucking shit. Because you just care so much about the children. That's not the mission of a man who declares that all things considered I favor full separation of school and state, nor is it his mission to fully consider the impact of his not-so-mouse proposal of on the country's poorest citizens, the kind of people who would never be able to afford an education, the public funding of all kinds disappear. Well, they're not getting a great education now. I don't really know what, what good it does. What was it? People graduating from some of the poorer schools are reading at a sixth grade level. I, I will disagree I, with uh, Dr. Kaplan. Um, you, you can't just not educate the poor. I will agree with the lady on this. You can't. You just can't. You've got to do a voucher of some kind. Although, I don't know. I'm interpreting what this lady is saying about his book. <clears throat> so, I, you know, Lord knows she'd be taken out of context. Kaplan fleetingly addresses what he calls our commitment, to, commitment as a society to our least fortunate members over the course of two out of nearly 300 pages. What? Uh, he concludes that covering the cost of education for all is like covering the cost of everyone's diamond wedding rings. No, that's different. 
a subsidy that diminishes the value of a good by making it universally accessible. To detect subsidies downside of social ju- for social justice, you must dwell on the opportunities the poor have lost because of credential inflation. That's true. When most Americans didn't finish high schools, dropped outs faced little stigma in the labor market. Well, see, now that, you got to go cracking down. you got to crack skulls. And if I was president, I probably would even, I'd pull in like, all the Chamber of Commerces and the large employers say, you're going to knock it off with this master's preferred bullshit and bachelor's degree required. And we're replacing college degrees with an accreditation system that people can self-test out of very much like the IT industry. And you're going to honor inspect those tests and certifications just as you much will a bachelor's degree from these bogus Mickey Mouse schools that you all insist people go to. As in selfish reasons to have more kids, his argument seems to hinge on a dangerous faith in biological determinism that borders on a defense of institutionalized classism. In an unlikely event that it's embraced, this is where the, the liberal leftist psychobabble speak comes in. She, she has to mask what he's saying and what his, his intention is to, hey, knock it off with this education bubble. We don't all need doctorates. Uh, and we should eliminate, oh God, he should eliminate colleges. And now she's going biological determinism. What does that mean in the defense of institutionalized classism? No, he's making it so that poor people don't need to go to school for six years just to get out of poverty. And the unlikely event that it's embraced, I worry more that by entering the mainstream, his ideas may subtly and incrementally push the debate in the wrong direction. No, debate cannot go in a wrong direction. Only you would think that. What, and what's, what's the debate? Young kids also wake up and realize $150,000 for a women's studies degree is bullshit. His proposal would transform admittedly deep, unequal society into a serfdom, more permanently consigning low... No, you don't know that. How does that happen? Hey, also we get rid of the fact you have to now spend four to six years of your life getting a degree. You know what? Poor rich kids, they're not going to... Well, I take that back. Kids have been, you guys have done such a good job at brainwashing kids to think they're entitled to the college experience that they may still want to go. That's the only reason I can think kids today are signing up when you look at the price tag and the, the poor employment prospects. But if you all of a sudden got rid of college, say, you know what, we got these tests now you can take. You can take it anytime, study anytime, study from home. You don't have to drive nowhere. You don't have to pay for parking. You don't have to pay for tuition. It's all free. You take these tests now. They're like DSST tests uh, provided by the government. And you could test it, you know, this level, that level, you know, like CFA, CPAs, uh, CCNA, all these other type of certifications. And that's it. We're not doing college anymore. I think that, and, and if anything, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here, Miss Carr. Do you actually think sending a poor black student from the poor inner ghetto city to go get a degree or a master's in African-American studies, you think that's going to help him? Or did you just squash out whatever potential hope he had? at becoming something great. Because you, here's the thing, you don't make money as an African-American studies professor. Well, you make some, but not a lot. You certainly don't make any money just having a bachelor's degree in it. So here's this poor kid coming out of a ghetto barrio trailer park. You give him some bullshit hogwash, easy liberal arts degree, oh, major in social justice. Oh, and then by the way, if you can't find a, deg- a job, now go now go to law school and fight for social justice. And now they're graduating, what, $300,000 in debt between the two degrees? Oh, that's really helping out the minorities there, lady. You sure are thinking about this critically. 
More permanent consigning low-income citizens to minimum wage jobs that require next to no literacy or numeracy skill or no jobs at all. Oh, you mean like all the baristas with their fucking master's degree in English and literature and journalism? Do you hear yourself? You guys can see why I like this article. The case against education raises some important questions, but beyond that, it offers little more than dangerous, extravagant ideology masking as creative data analysis. All right. Um... So you were asking, oh, Aaron, you're pretty harsh on her. Well, let's take a look at these two people. I like to look behind the articles. Let's look up David Kaplan. Oh, wait. No, that's a, wait, David Kaplan? There's a Dr. David Kaplan of a medical doctor. Brian Kaplan. Brian Kaplan. Brian Kaplan. BrianKaplan.com, American Economist. Is he, uh, oh, he went to Berkeley. Poor bastard. And he came up with this all on his own? Okay, Wikipedia. Let's do a little Clary test. Wow, look at that 90s hair. <laughs> he is an economist. Holy cow, look at this guy. <laughs> okay. Um, BA in economics, PhD in economics. I'm not impressed with that. Uh, you guys know economics is largely a worthless degree in my realm, but like finance and all that, even chemistry or biology, it, you put a fair amount of effort into it. He should have majored in engineering and he probably would have done. All right. He, uh, professor, he has no real world working experience. It looks like, um, he's got some books out. Reason to have more kids, Arnuckle capitalism and Rand. All right. A guy who happens to be politically aligned with me, but one I have not a terrible amount of respect for because he's just parked his ass in academia the entire time. Now, even with that, I don't want to say low standard. This is, you know, he's not evil. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm sorry, Dr. Kaplan, if you're listening. I'm just not impressed with academians. I mean, if you went out and did it. Oh, he's in charge of a econolog. Oh, okay. All right. That's it. All right, so he has... He's been a professor. How long has he been a professor? He's married, got four kids. All right. Not terribly impressed. But his book, let's take a look. Case Against Education. Case Against Education. Education is some time, waste of money, despite being immensely. Okay, he's got 33 customer reviews. And it came out. When did it come out? January 30th, month and change ago. It is ranked, wow, number two in education theory and administration. Our ministry is actually reading this number four in higher education vocational. It is number 3,000, which is great overall for Amazon. That is amazing. That book is on fire. To give you an example, my best-selling book, Bachelor Pad Economics, usually is between 50,000th and the 100,000th place. And one of my worst-selling books, Reconnaissance Man, is about 500, 600,000th place. All right, so he's got 33 reviews, four stars. I bet you it's skewed, I bet you. Oh, no, a couple honest reviews there. I thought the left would come out and just hammer it away with one-star reviews. Um, So 33 reviews. Now... Let's look up Miss Sarah Carr. Well, let's look up her book first. Hang on. Hope Against Hope, Sarah Carr. 
you just wonder which is going to be which is going to be uh, more of a practical book. You can just tell. All right. Now, Miss Carr has Hope Against Hope. Let's go to the paperback. Keep the data uh, similar. It was written four years ago. Guess how many reviews, ladies and gentlemen? Now, keep in mind, she works for the Washington Post. This is a point I keep making. These people on the internet and alto media and, and even the mainstream media, they are not as big as you think they are. Just because they're on the TV or the boob tube does not make them big. A lot of these people work for peanuts. Right? This this is not Ernest Hemingway reporting from uh what was it? Was it did he was he the one that fund the Spanish Civil War? It's not him. Right? This is just some gal with a degree from the Columbia School of Journalism. Now she wrote a book. Now you think with all of her connections working at a at a you know a real mainstream media entity, Washington Post, being in journalism, she'd have a book out there that was doing pretty well. No. 17 customer reviews. If you now the reason I point out reviews is reviews is a is a proxy for sales. And uh Dr. Kaplan has doubled the amount of sales in two month and a half than it did uh, the touchy-feely book that Miss Carr wrote in uh, over four years. Rank is 700,000th place. So that's actually up. I'm sure it's probably because she wrote this book. It's reviewed about on par, same kind of star rating as Dr. Kaplan's. But here's... Well, hang on, let's... Before I go further, hang on, let's do it. Come on, Claire, you had, you had an idea. Sarah Carr... And here she is. Okay, gentlemen, yes, it's what you're thinking. Look it up. You know what I'm talking about. I've worked as an education journalist for the last 14 years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> My book, Hope Against Hope, tells the story of the New Orleans schools after Hurricane Katrina through the eyes of those most affected by the dramatic education changes. I now lead an education reporting fellowship called The Teacher Project at the Columbia Graduate School of Journalism and serve as contributing editor to the Hedrickin Report. I have written for the Atlantic Magazine, da-da-da-da, Slate, there you go, there's Slate, New Orleans Public Radio, blah, blah, blah. What my students taught me, da-da-da, okay. Here's what it boils down to. Dr. Carr, even though being an academician and never saying foot in the, in the real world, is more successful and will probably forever be more successful than Miss Carr. Uh, the courage that it takes to write a book against your own profession, again, earns some respect in, in, in my mind. Uh, but his book sales, the fact that he is a professor full-time and doesn't have on his resume all this ancillary BS doesn't indicate to me, it proves me that Miss Carr is barely making ends meet, trying barely getting by. And this is the point I've made about people right on Slate, XO Jane, social media, Washington Post, Huffington Post, all these journalism in general. It's not a job. It's a hobby. You look at these people, you know, and I am the, I am the, I am the very low hurdle you have to clear. If you have, if you are part, if your profession is being in journalism, being in the media, and you have less Twitter followers than me, you're not cutting it. 
And that's why you see a lot of people, they will list scores. Me and the great one went to listen to the last podcast. I forgot the, the lady's name. She was a journalist and she listed at least seven places she was writing. Why are you writing at seven places? Oh, because not one of them pays enough. Now, both are in academia. Both should be ashamed of that. Sorry, Dr. Kaplan. I doubt Mr. Carr is capable of shame. But this is just sour notes. This is freaking out. This is, oh my gosh, he's exposing us. No, I need to protect it. Because what? What do you got, Dr. Carr? What do you have? Some, some government grant money funding this project you got? On my dime, no doubt. And, and then what happens two years after the money runs out? Do you have to count? You got to go and scramble again for it? You, you majored in easy stuff. You majored in slop. You majored in sloth. You followed your heart and the money does not follow because you, unlike Dr. Kaplan, who was an economist, you didn't study economics. And your article highlights how delinked, how untethered, unanchored you are from reality. And it's so far that you, you, you don't see how your lies, it's not lies. Again, I don't know if you're, if you're the devil or the dupe, if you're telling the honest truth or not. But your policies you advocate, let's put it that way, do not help those you claim to be helping. There is a humongous, probably the biggest problem I see in the United States right now, if we ignore the national debt, so you know, all that boring economic stuff, but something that might actually be tangibly done, is to stop lying to these kids about the value of a college education. And do I can't even, it's like I get people pissed off at me because I tell them, hey, you might want to consider a different degree. Trying to help them. People are so coddled, so weak, so soft, so, so I guess their life has nothing else of value that they only point to their education. And maybe that's what this is. Maybe this is an, oh, we need education, education, because that's all you have, because you certainly ain't making a career, a profession out of it. There's no money. So all what, this sheepskin? Do people like masturbate with their degrees nowadays? What is going on? When do you realize it was a scam? And when do you admit to younger people so they could learn from your mistakes? I, I know, I know, I know. And what? A record number of kids are going to go to school next year. Two-thirds are going to major in the liberal arts, which is bullshit. And then, just like the millennials, they're going, we need to get bailed out. And they're not going to learn jack all shit. And here's ultimately the problem I have. Dr. Kaplan's route would solve that problem and stave off an inevitable economic collapse, or at least a pretty good recession, or just a slowing down or a taxing of the economy. Mrs. Carr approach would be more government money, same old shit we've been doing since, what, 1965, 1970? And just keep shipping those kids to school. No matter what, oh, go major in liberal arts, whatever you want. Look how happy I am. Oh, so we got that there. Um, What else we got? <clears throat> you know what, maybe I'll do some sponsors. Let's do some sponsors. Oh, shit, we had so many sponsors. All right. (sighs) If you want to support me and getting the truth out there and you have no use for my spotlight, you have no use for the products, you have no use whatsoever, which I find hard to believe because I have an Amazon affiliate program, so you should be able to find something there. 
Oh, but if you have absolutely no use for any of my products, you can always donate to my Patreon account. You go to patreon.com slash Aaron Clary. A-A-R-O-N-C-L-A-R-E-Y. Not Cleary, not Clarny, not Clory. Clary. It's not Abagnale, not Abagnale, it's Abagnale. So you can do that. Uh, AcademicComposition.com. Hey, if either of you guys were listening, you'll love this sponsor. AcademicComposition.com. Look, smart corporations outsource the worthless crap they don't want to do. And colleges and universities, hey, would you like that nice shiny degree in biology? Too bad for you. You got to take uh, Dr. Carr's and Dr. Kaplan's degrees in economics and journalism. Why? Oh, so they have employment. You don't really need it. It has nothing to do with biology, but you got to take two years of worthless liberal arts craps prereqs because what else would these worthless pieces of shit do with their worthless fucking degrees? So let's enslave the children because they love them so much. The children's are our future. They just love you kids so much. That's why they're going to force you to go to school two years beyond what's necessary and charge you $300 a credit and $400 for a textbook because they love the children's. I love the children's. Anyway, uh, so here's the deal. Um, Academic composition will write your stupid liberal arts papers for you because it has nothing to do with your degree. It's stupid. Yeah, you get busted for academic fraud if you're stupid and get caught. Uh, but frankly, uh, just th- those degrees have nothing to do with your degree. Uh, those classes have nothing to do with your degree. They're a waste of time. And if you need other time, like if you go work up money, you just don't want to do it because you're getting sick and tired of writing, I hate white males. Marx was great. Let's suck... Uh, 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 you know, Engel's dick, uh, whatever they're having you right nowadays. When you're done with that, <laughs> just just ha- pay someone to do it, academiccomposition.com. Contact Alex, let him know the captain sent you. And then if you happen to graduate with a liberal arts degree, one, I'm terribly sorry, two, you're pretty much unemployable, but three, hey, instead of working as a barista, here's another option for you. Why don't you go write for academic composition? If you have a worthless degree in the worthless liberal arts, that means you can write bullshit and rather effectively and efficiently, I might add. And he pays. He pays per page. All right. So don't, how much does it pay? I think it's $10 a page. I don't know. Don't quote me on it. Uh, it's not fun. It, none of those classes are fun. Uh, but uh, And they're not necessary, but they are necessary if you want your worthless piece of paper. So you could go work for him there. You can also work for him in his marketing department. He's, none of these jobs are exciting. I'm always amazed. Oh, it's uh, kind of boring. Really? Really? Writing liberal arts indoctrinated leftist slop over and over and over again gets boring? I wouldn't say. Um, and marketing, really posting ads on Craigslist get boring? Yeah, you don't say. Uh, but yeah, it is boring, but it pays, and you can do it from the comforts of your own home. So go to academiccomposition.com and check it out there. My Amazon affiliate program. If you do have something you want to buy online, do not go to amazon.com. Go to my site, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, and then you click on the Amazon banner. And then you go buy. And the reason you go to my site first is Amazon. No, you came through my Amazon affiliate program. And then I get a commission on your sales. You don't pay anything extra. I just get a 6 to 7% cut. All right? So if you get into the good habit, the good habit of going to my Amazon affiliate program, doing all, not some, all of your online shopping, that would be grand. XYZ.net.au. That's a website for all of you people who are in Australia or those of you who aren't in Australia but are interested in Australian politics and what's going on down there. From the Red Pill Masculine perspective, if you are sick and tired of the ABC, that's the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, that's like their 
BBC or uh, NPR. It's their government mouthpiece. If you're getting sick and tired of you know journalism majors telling you what to think and how you're bad because you have penai, uh, just tune into the guys over there. Locker room talk, good talk, stuff like that, and not beat around the bush, made up academic words. It's literal writing and posting and other good stuff. XYZ.net.au. Businessbuyeradvantage.com. In order to get ahead and take advantage of tax laws and maximize your lifestyle, you need to be in business for yourself. It's faster, cheaper, easier, and less risky than getting a doctorate in journalism. Oh, no, that's not part of the script. It's faster, cheaper, easier, and less risky to buy an already successful business than it is to try try and do a startup. Access tons of free information about how to buy or sell a business at businessbuyeradvantage.com. Uh, it is, if you like what you see and you want to go deeper by taking the Business Buyer Advantage online course, use the discount code CLARY to get a special price. That's businessbuyeradvantage.com. Clary Podcast is also sponsored by akingscastle.com, A being part of that website. A King's Castle is a place for men who want to leave a legacy in advanced Western civilization. With daily articles by various authors, lively commenters, who have both serious discussion and fun-loving jokes, a forum for more serious discussions, and even the occasional lulzy troll, you'll want to make a King's Castle a daily visit or add it to your RSS feed. Whether you're a father, someone who wants to become one, or just a masculine man looking for more than just banging women, a King's Castle is, a new, is the next step in master sites that will encourage you to become a man with a long-term purpose. Stop by kingscastle.com today, and they have a YouTube channel. mtfunow.com, meaning mantheFuckUpNow.com. When we started our brand, we just wanted to sell cool t-shirts and hoodies. And they got nice hoodies. I got one of their hoodies. It's very nice. I got a mug, but I left it down in Vegas. Uh, But the brand quickly became something more than just another apparel brand. It became a symbol for people who were fed up with the direction the country is going. MTFU is about taking responsibility for your decisions and actions. MTFU is about standing up for what you believe in despite what other people think. MTFU is about being the person you were meant to be instead of what other people want you to be. It has nothing to do with gender, race, or economics. It has to do with living your life to your potential and helping others around you do the same. Lifting each other up instead of tearing each uh, each other down. We promise to do our part, but we'll need your help to change the world. Please help us by joining the MTFU revolution by going to mtfunow.com. <clears throat> we have Praxy. If you haven't downloaded the Praxy app, go do that. P-R-A-X-E-Y. Uh, search for my site, Asshole Consulting. You can find that. Uh, and this allows you to contact me directly with your phone. It's expensive as hell. It's $2 a minute, but in case you have an emergency reason, you've got to contact me. You've got to contact me through the Praxy app. There are some things, though, gentlemen. It goes through the Internet. So you need to have good Internet access. Don't be driving through the middle of Iowa. Well, I lost it because then you've got to reconnect, and then there's a reconnect charge, and then we've got to refund you that reconnect charge because I'm, you know, I'm not an asshole that much. Uh, also, have your question ready. I love making money. I love making other people's money. It's great. But I feel bad like if I if you if you spent 10 minutes thinking about your question and you made it succinct, then you contacted me through Praxy, uh, that it would be a lot cheaper for you and I could solve your problem just the same. I had one guy talk for an hour and a half. And I used to I I used to think, oh, I can handle this, but there's no problem. Yeah, I'm making how much money? I'm just like, yeah, that that wasn't worth it. It wasn't, you know, I almost felt bad, like it cost that guy that much money. So please think about your question first before contacting me. Otherwise, you can always go to assholeconsulting.com if it's not an emergency. You can always contact me there, and that's a little bit cheaper because of the 
<clears throat> there is no connection cost. Uh, then we have my books. If you really are in no rush, like you don't even need an asshole consulting, but you got some issues, well, maybe some of my books might help. Reconnaissance Man, The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. Remember, because I'm racist and I don't like minorities. Black, uh, Bachelor Pad Economics, Worthless, The Young Person's Indispensable Guide to Choosing the Right Major. I hope uh, Miss Carr reads that one. I'd love to see her. Maybe there's too much economics on that one, maybe too many statistics. Uh, enjoy the decline curse of the high iq that's for all you smart people out there which if you want am i smart yes you are if you're listening to this right now you are smart poor rich's retirement uh that one's a really good one am i missing one i think that's all of them check them out online they're available in audio kindle and paperback or yeah paperback audio and kindle um i put them in audio because i know reading sucks so you could just <laughs> you could just I don't know why anyone reads anymore. Like, a book, I mean. Just put it on your phones and go. Now, you got Ed Lattimore, who's a weirdo. He needs to curl up with a good book. They has to actually have it in his head. I don't get that. I'm like, no, I will listen to an audio book any day. Anyway, they're available in different formats for your convenience. If you have read them or you're about to read one, please review them online as well. That actually does help uh, down the road with marketing and sales. And give an honest review. Don't only have five stars because uh, he's really great. No, give an honest review. At the same time, well, oh, Hitler, he's a dick. Uh, one, uh, he didn't talk about this. I didn't like it. Because people could kind of see through that. Then we have other people's books. Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill, both by Adam Piggott, who you can visit at pushingrubberdownhill.com. He came out with um, podcast that I can't download because you have to sign in through Facebook and something's happened with the login on SoundCloud. It's a pain in the ass. I don't like listening on the SoundCloud player. I like downloading it, putting it on my Android phone, and listening to it there. I know I have unlimited bandwidth on my phone. I just don't like... I think they're still going to get you. You know, like, oh, you went over the secret bandwidth limit that we had for you. Here's an $827 bill. Fuck. New uh, sponsor of Personal Liberty. This is a book of Personal Liberty, The Truth of Motor Vehicle Infractions, written by Verl Engel. I read through it. Uh, i got to do a review of it later on. Um, And uh, it's not for everyone. I'll just be honest with you. This is going to be for those of you who have an interest in law. And what it is is basically a case or a treatise on how uh, states and local governments do not have the right, actually, according to the Constitution, to demand you have a driver's license. Now, I am no lawyer, and I read through it best I could, even reading through some of the the cases he cited. Um, it, and what I like about it is it's, it's a very well-put-together argument, and it does raise some interesting questions. Like, yeah, could I go through this? And he even provides us a chapter here on how to contest your tickets in court. And he even says, oh, you might get busted for contempt of court and the 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 judge would get really pissed off. You might go to jail. It's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll just pay the $73 fine for failure to stop or something. Uh, but like I said, it's an academic or intellectual pursuit, not one of practicality. So if you happen to be a, a lawyer or just be interested in law, or you're stuck in jail and you've got nothing else to do because you've got a vehicle infraction and you're in contempt of court, uh, go read through this book, uh, Of Personal Liberty, The Truth About More Motor Vehicle Infractions, available in paperback and Kindle, online through Amazon.com, of course. Uh, Roll Tomasi's The Rational Mail.com, his website. You can also buy his whiskey at tapwhiskey.com, spelled without the E. 
And Positive Masculinity, his latest book, I think that makes it number three, uh, written by Roald Tomasi. Our good friend Marcus Brown's book, another book niggas ain't gonna read. Uh, if you happen to be of the black persuasion, or you happen to be of the not black persuasion, you just want to read about black culture. And um, if, if you're not black, it's interesting. It's an interesting read anyway because you look at these scams and rackets that go on in the black community. Marcus grew up in Southside Chicago, um, and I even had to come like Marcus. Did, really, really, this is a thing. People fall for this. He's like, oh, dude, you have no idea. So uh, obviously, it's targeted towards a black audience. Uh, but if you happen to not be black, that shouldn't deter you from buying this book any, anyway because you're kind of like, wow. <laughs> when your mom's using your social security number to get a credit card and ruins your credit even before you're 18, you know, you're kind of like, oh, maybe there's some other, maybe there really is a disadvantage there. Maybe there is one. It has nothing to do with your own mom screwing you over. Not Marcus's mom didn't. He did. I'm just saying he's highlighting different things that uh, face uh, poor black people every day. So, or here, you got a choice, all right? You guys can listen to Sarah Carr about how to get out of poverty, or you can read Marcus's book. Guess which one has more research and evidence and empiricism? Trade the Ratio by our good friend, Glorious Carl. If you're interested in getting into investing in precious metals, read that book first. The first half is an introduction about why you should invest in precious metals. The second half is a trading strategy. It's optional. If you want to make a little bit of money, because when you buy precious metals, they just sit there. They don't pay dividends. Um, <clears throat> so the second part of the book is a how-to trade in and out of gold and silver and make a little bit of money. I want to uh, promote this book because I haven't promoted it in a while. He stopped paying you know, quite some time. That's, that's the nature of the gig. No, no uh, personal fallout between me and, and uh, SP Daily. But I forgot. I saw this on, on my bookshelf. I'm like, oh, that's a good book, so I want to promote it again. Welcome to the Divide by SP Daily. And I looked it up, and it's like five millionth place, two reviews, and that's a shame because it really was. That's, I think, the last book I read for pleasure, uh, and it was really good. That was a mind fuck. Very interesting <clears throat> concept. I know for the, for those of you who want to do post-humanism, where you think you're going to go on into the digital world, you will want to read this book. Very good book, and very good action kind of in there as well. Um, viral podcasting by Kerry Lutz, our good buddy over at financialsurvivalnetwork.com. You can check him out, his podcast and his website, uh, financialsurvivalnetwork.com. But he has a book out. If you want to become a podcaster, check in to viral podcasting. Find that available on paperback and Kindle. Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Okay, last news story. And the old captain's got to take a shower and get his day on. Study women now leaving STEM fields to pursue social justice degrees. Could you make a stop at accounting? Or maybe, I don't know, go to trade school or computer programming or medicine, nursing? No, you go from the best degree to the absolute worst one. That not only is going to destroy your life, but it's going to destroy country, the country and other people's lives. Two engineering professors have published the results of a new study that sheds light on why so few women graduate college with a, graduate from college. Who wrote this? PJ Media should know better. Tony Araxanin. Tony, please, you, you graduate from. You need the prepositional phrase. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm pretty fast and loose with, with grammar. Sheds light on why so few women graduate college graduate from college with a STEM degree. Led by Colorado School of Mines professor, I've been there, Greg Rolifson, 
The study tracked 34 freshman engineering majors over the course of four years to explore what makes students, especially women, abandon engineering in lieu of other fields. Well, because engineering is tough. It's hard. I want to help the children. And by help the children, I mean they want an easy job with a government check so that they don't really have to work and they couldn't give flying two shits about the children's. Matter of fact, they don't want the children's to improve because if the children's did improve, it would be like if there was no crime, cops would be out of business. <clears throat> this is why schools love special education. They love problem children. It takes three teachers to handle one problem student. Imagine if they're all well-behaved. You wouldn't. I, I went to some school over on Hennepin Avenue. Uh, I, was, I took a picture of it, put it on Twitter. There was reserve parking for assistant principal, vice principal, principal, some other rank, and I think three or four spots for social workers. Because <laughs> it's important that mom go work a job. It's important we have a two-income family because otherwise we wouldn't be able to pay the taxes to pay other people to raise our children. What if people just stay at home and raise their own damn children? Does anyone else see the simple solution? Ah, no, that means people have to sacrifice, you know, like what it meant to be when you had kids. Of the 21 female students interviewed, fully one-third left engineering by their junior year. That's not bad. That's not bad. Only a third dropout. That's good to hear. Rolfson and his co-author, Angela Bielefeldt, identified one factor common to all female students who left, the desire to help society, other people, or social responsibility. The social responsibility definition includes care for marginalized and disadvantaged, environmental conservation, and empathy, the professors noted. All right, <clears throat> no, that's a lie. They went, they, they went and pursued that because it's easier. I don't believe people, male or female, want to help out other people. That's not it. The primary motivation for people going into the liberal arts, especially social responsibility, blah, 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 is you don't want to work hard. That's it. You think it's going to be fun. You think being a teacher is going to be great. You want to help the poor. Oh, my God. It's all about you. This is why teachers suck. This is why school sucks. I, <clears throat> At least a pastor of fire and brimstone and hatred and piss and vinegar is honest. And you could say that his or her uh, aim is to get you to stay out of hell. Teachers, no. They come first and foremost in their lives. They, they, I don't know if I could keep emphasizing that enough because these kids, they don't wake up. Remember Ferris Bueller, how, the movie, how they actually mocked the teachers for what they were? Ben Stein portraying the perfect economics teacher. People falling asleep. That's college, or that's school. It's, it's high school and college. <clears throat> Of the 21 female students, 14 expressed a strong dedication to social responsibility. Yeah, how about you get a job and support yourself and not ask for a government handout taxpaying uh, uh, career? How's that? Half, the stu- half of those students eventually switched majors upon realizing they wanted to pursue fields they, fields they felt had more to do with helping people. Yeah, because engineers don't help people. Doctors, surgeons, uh, civil engineers... Yeah, all that fresh water and developing vaccines and curing diseases and coming up with new medical technologies that, that help people live longer, that's not helping people. Hey, but but going on your little Peace Corps trip out to Durka Durkistan to put in a well that you can't even do half right, 
Yeah, that really has helped out people. And, and, you know, hey, we need more government money for more people. That's really helped out those Democrat strongholds like Detroit and Baltimore, right? Uh, one student, Maggie, switched to community and international development to study systemic problems in different communities and how to address them. Oh, my God. Just just tell me. Look, Maggie, come here and just with, with the syringe, just suck my blood out directly, all right? Jocelyn, another student, left engineering to study environmental policy and hopes to become a lawyer. I can make a bigger impact that way, jo- Jocelyn. Told you. No, you can't. You know, you know who stands a shot at making a way bigger impact than all the lawyers in the world? Elon Musk. Uh, admittedly, he takes government handouts and all that other stuff. I, I know, and he's, he's dicking around launching vehicles into space. All right. But if that guy can pull off even half of what he claims... Uh, we're good to go. You know what? A, a mechanical engineer, an electrical engineer, and a solar engineer, they've done more to help out the environment than you will there, toots. And I do mean toots in a di- di- uh, discriminating, not discriminating, a condescending way. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're going to make a bigger impact. You're not going to do jack. You're just looking for an easy way out. <clears throat> Rolfson and Belstead stated that they weren't exactly surprised by the results. They pointed to a 2014 Purdue University study which discovered that the vast majority of young girls want to grow up to be successful and caring, but don't see that as an option for engineering professionals. They, what, in accounting and being a lawyer is? What, law school is easy? Law school isn't easy. You want to be caring? Why don't you raise kids? Well, Oh, that's right, because the leftist big education has fooled you into thinking taking care of other people's kids, notably problem children who become problem adults, Dealing with that is going to help society more. Don't take care of your own. Hell no, take care of other people's. <clears throat> Always found it funny that, that a plurality, not a majority, a disproportionate percentage of women give up having families or just don't raise their own damn children to pursue careers where they raise other women's children's teachers, guidance counselors, Oh, <clears throat> social workers, that kind of stuff. You know, like, why don't you just raise your own damn kids and not pay the taxes? <laughs> oh, by doing that, engineering students would be... Prov- oh. The study urged engineering departments to infuse a feminist care of ethics into their curricula to help retain women. How about you just let women choose their own degrees? Just let them... What, what responsibility is it of the engineering department? to recruit more women. You're not discriminating against them. Like, you know, anyone can apply. Come on in. Women welcome, of course. Come in. I I know. <clears throat> These are educational, academic do-nothings with nothing else to do. And now they got to force feminism and diversity on where it doesn't belong. Uh, by doing that, engineering students would be provided with opportunities to define, address, and apply social responsibility continuously how about you just program a fucking app everybody loves and you help out society how's that published in the new issue of the journal of engineering studies rolfson and bellafield's new study similarly concludes that engineering should include concern for people communities and societal welfare at the heart of their profession that is inherent in engineering unless you're engineering weapons or engineering biochemical weapons or a new virus then that might be against that but if you're engineering things that help out people you by default are helping out people communities and the societal welfare at the heart of the profession 
Women in engineering are more motivated by helping others and engineering education needs to provide more examples of engineering as a helping profession. No, if women are that dumb and that retarded to fuck with you. This is this you women want to be treated like equals. This is a perfect example of not treating you like equals. This is a child. This is an example of treating you like little spoiled childs, uh, children. Oh, the little girl don't like. Oh, well, we're going to help some people. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're going to help some people. Yes, we are. Do your fucking calculus. Do your differential equations. Do some molar conversions and shut the fuck up and go work a goddamn job. That's how you treat people equally. That's how men treat each other. Here we got to coddle you and put the kids' gloves on and treat you like fucking retards. <clears throat> the professors wrote, you, you professors should be ashamed. Emerging research suggests that the effort to produce more female engineers has suffered from the left's activism in service of the gender pay gap narrative. Wait. Effort to produce more female engineers has suffered from less activism in service of the gender pay gap narrative. Wouldn't that help close the gap? Because women would say, well, I want to go into engineering to close the wage gap. As PJ Media reported last week, a recent study by Skidmore College professors found that scare stories, false tales about how women are allegedly treated in STEM, oh, significantly decrease women's desire to pursue STEM fields. Well, I guess, I guess, you know what, ladies, too bad for you. I'm done helping women. I'm done. I'm done. We're done. D-U-N. Ever since 1980, I remember in kindergarten, yeah, women can play with the boys. Girls, girls, girls. I, I, fuck you. You girls just don't want to work as hard. That's what it boils down to. Some women, God bless them. They're in engineers. They're STEM. They're programs. They're accountants. Good. God bless you. We love you girls. But but this, but this, you oh, I heard, I mean, what? Nothing's ever intimidated me. From going to a field, oh, they took on short people there, oh. And what, what false tales? What tales are you talking about? Well, I'd love to hear what these tales are. What are they? And I'm not questioning PJ Media. I just, what are these tales that, 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 you know, you have this passion to become a chemical engineer and it deters you? If one accepts that the lack of women instead is indeed a problem, and I do, which it may well be, this latest information shows that the problem was misdiagnosed as being primarily a bias issue and thus led to failed solutions. <clears throat> the efforts to push women to STEM have not only been ineffective, but have backfired. The taxpayer-funded National Science Foundation continues to grant millions of dollars every year to fight the issue. The money has been wasted. Uh, PJ Media reached out to Greg. and da 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 A lot of it is girls just don't want to be engineers. Girls don't like math. Girls don't like that. There's nothing wrong with that. Then don't bitch about how you don't make as much as a chemical engineer when you're a fucking environmental policy major. What if the day's ever going to come? Because the baby boomer feminists haven't acknowledged it. I think they know it deep down inside. I think every woman deep down inside knows it. But when do we publicly acknowledge the emperor has no clothes and that you women have been lied to this entire time and you have even been lying to yourselves? When when do you think you're going to say, yeah, we just want to stay at home, have kids, and maybe we should have the husband go make the money and then we'll just raise our children and then we'll live on one income? I love it. I get a kick out of it. We need to work. We don't know. No. Read Poor Richard's Retirement. You make more money now than they did back in the 50s. They just did without they didn't buy McMansions. They didn't buy SUVs. They Sometimes, I know this is a shocker to a lot of you people out there, sometimes they just paid cash for cars. 
But you know, you you and it's all in the girls' hands. You girls wanted this. You believe this feminist bullshit. You believe all this well. I that's 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 the biggest sales con job ever. You they got women to willingly give up staying at home and taking care of kids and fool them into thinking that commuting not to mention getting four to six years of worthless education is just a big pain in the ass hurdle to jump. Not only did they get you girls to forfeit over a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of your money and four to six years of your youth, they got you to believe that your careers is the most important thing in life and not humans. I'm not even talking family. I'm not even saying that you have to go home and raise kids. But that you are defined by your career, that that's all that matters is your career. Now we throw in biology. Pretty much every one of you girls want to have kids. Every one of you want to have a family. But then you're all wondering why you're sad and oh, happiness is going down. And it's like, yeah, you know, fuck that two million years of human evolution. What the fuck did two million years of, what was it, a hundred billion humans on the planet? No. Not to mention, if you look at the animal kingdom, there's kind of like this, uh, in some species, a, a male-female relationship. Don't know if you knew that or not. You you guys wasted it going to college and working when you could have just been playing with the kids and having fun. Well, not saying it wouldn't be work, but you I guarantee you, you add up all the calories of energy spent going to school, studying, going to work, working, going to the therapist because you ain't right. And then you compare it to like raising three kids, I guarantee you it's three times as much. And oh, and by the way, working all the extra month time you had to to pay off your student loans. Guarantee you it's it's a fraction. It is a fraction of the caloric effort it takes to raise children than it does to go out there and work some fucking job, especially with this progressive credentialism where you need to get a master's degree just to apply for a fucking job. <clears throat> I know that's sexist, so let's close debate because you you labeled me as a sexist and called that sexism. So now we won't talk about it anymore, and you girls could continue. You be, you better go. Hey, you know those Gen Z girls might think differently. You better make sure that their crabs in the bucket and suffer the same as you. Misery loves company. You don't want them going off and being good looking and getting in shape and finding themselves nice husbands and just kind of cooking maybe and raising some kids. You don't want them to have that life, do you? You better shame them like Hillary Clinton did. You better get out, get cracking, tell them they got to get to college and that all that matters is their education and that men love educated women. My God, that's the number one thing. I'm like, what is your degree? Actually, I will tell you this. If it's engineering, that scores major points. I'm kind of, okay, you're cool. Or like our good buddy, Jesse Price. She's a roughneck, oil roughneck, oil worker. It's like, okay, all right, you get some fucking cool points. That, that is like not only a tip of the hat, we might build a... I wouldn't say a statue out of platinum, maybe Plato, maybe clay. I don't know. We build like a snowman in your in your honor. Uh, that's really cool. But as, unless you're one of those rare gals that actually put forth the effort into a real education and, and earned it, uh, your education, your career means jack all. Because it's not impressive. It's just not. Oh, wow. You majored in child psychology just like everyone else in my college did, and now you work at some kind of nonprofit part kind of, yeah. ooh, you're... You're in HR? Well, how how exciting is that? I've never met a girl in HR. Oh, I've never met a journalism major in H- uh, who's female. Wow, tell me about it. Wow, you're a Democrat too? Holy shit. You're a keeper? I've never seen that before. 
Let me paint an analogy. When you go out west to the Black Hills, yes, we're going back to Rapid City now. We'll, we'll go back to Rapid City. A woman in engineering or doctor or in IT, whatever, they're like the fair Bernagat. Very, very rare, very pretty. But then the girls who major in the liberal arts, they're just the common blades of grass, the trillions upon trillions, quintillions of blades of grass that exist out there. You're like, look at me, I'm fat, I got an edgy... No one cares. No guy cares about your education. Unless it's impressive. Which oftentimes it's not. I have a degree in business. Nope, not interested. I have a degree in education. Oh, really, you're a teacher. Wow. Really? Oh, okay. I'm a teacher. I got a buddy, I can't mention who he, who he is, but he interacts with the public, and when he, he runs into... Without fail. Um, who's calling me now? No, working. Working. Contributing to GDP. When he runs into a teacher, they cannot help but mention it. They mention it multiple times. And at least three. Because I'm a teacher. See, I'd like to go here because I'm a teacher. Because I'm a teacher. We don't give a shit. Being a teacher is boring. I'm more impressed with a janitor. A janitor does more work than teachers. We work hard. No, no. You teachers have never worked hard in your life, and you think that being a teacher is actual hard work. You have nothing to compare it to. I'll give you hard work. Any teacher want to come up and come up with it, I will show you some jobs I've done. Me and Mike Rowe, we'll, we'll, we'll make you appreciate the fact you're indoors, there's heat, or in some cases, air conditioning. I got to grade papers. Until 6 p.m. <laughs> Pete the Puma, remember that? Oh, three or four. How many lumps do you want? Oh. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> oh. Man, I can't do the Pete the Puma laugh. Hang on, let me see if I can get it. Wait a second. What did he what did Bugs Bunny say to Pete the Puma? Oh, come on in. And then Pete Puma would say something, and then he'd laugh. He'd just go, <gasps> All right. Uh... <laughs> oh, it's so sad. Some young people, you don't get it. Uh, we did all those guys. Uh, finally, Asshole Consulting. If you guys got questions, go to assholeconsulting.com. Send me your questions and your money. It is not, I still, I'm still amazed. Half the people don't pay. And I tell you, about, on average, 25 for an email, 35 for a video. And then and, and I give them a quote. You don't hear from them again. It's like, what? I'm wondering if people are coming to asshole consulting via other methods. Like, I wonder if those those uh, bumper stickers are paying off. Because like, if you didn't know me, you'd think, oh, is it free? Because you guys are, you know, Gen Z, millennial fucks. You think everything should be free. Um... Anyway, yeah, so it's Asshole Consulting. Check that out. Check out the Life Improvement Plan. If you're a real loser, <clears throat> click on the LIP tab. And I'll tell you how, like, so if you want to lose weight, you want to get your driver's license, you want to date a girl, you want to want to want to, but you never do because you're a lazy fuck, check out the Life Improvement Plan. Also, I forgot this. I Now that I'm back, I have all the old notes on my... My sponsor list. Uh, my podcast thumb drive. A lot of you will go to SoundCloud and say, hey, where, where are all the episodes 1 through 100? 1 through 100, uh, well, 1 through 25 doesn't exist, but 26 through 100 exist. And I forgot that a lot of people did actually buy that. So if you wanted all the Clary podcasts on one thumb drive, not to mention free thumb drive. How about that, huh? Free thumb drive. 
shoot me an email. Shoot me an email over at Asshole Consulting. Send me your mailing address. And then it's going to be 35 bucks. I'm not doing that because I'm a dick. I'm doing it because that's the time it takes me to go buy the damn things, load them up onto the thumb drive, go down to the post office. I can't put it in a regular envelope. The machine rips it out. <clears throat> so I got to put it in a special envelope and then mail it out to you. It's just, And I make a little bit of time, money for my time. But if you don't want to dick around and waste your time, downloading all these, which I can understand. It'll save you definitely $35 worth of your time. I'm also kicking around putting a picture of one of the various models I've had uh, help me advertise and market asshole consulting, or uh, my books, rather. Um, Because there's Cindy, there's the other gal, um, good old Jesse Sensa. I got him somewhere on my heart. How about that? Yeah, if you want, there'll be a picture of a cute gal and 1950s-esque kind of poses. Um... Some rather, not new, they're not going to be new, but they're just cute. They're very, they're pretty girls. What else do you want? What more do you want? I'll throw it in there for free, actually, because it doesn't take up that much memory. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you can. It's $50 a month. Uh, No minimum. You could just, for one month. And usually, I'll be honest, depending on your product, usually a month is all that it's worth, because then it's it's not really profitable after that. But find out, you know, it's worth throwing 50 bucks my way. Let me know. Elkin CPA, we cannot promote Chad Elkin CPA because he's such a good CPA that he has to turn away work now. But at the end of tax season, if you have questions, financial questions, you need uh, business consultation, contact Chad Elkins at elkincpa.com. <coughs> He'll appreciate it. Conservativebrew.com, that's where I go to get my coffee, and you should too. The League of Extraordinary Podcasters, including 405media.com, financialsurvivalnetwork.com, Conto Talk. Over on blogtalkradio.com, our good friend Silvio Canto. O'Shea Jackson, over our brother over in Poland. Uh, <laughs> just tune into him. He goes for hours, too. I'm amazed. I listened to him in Utah. This is the second time now I've driven across the country, and I was listening to O'Shea on the exact same highway, Highway 15 and then up to Highway 70. Over in Utah by Selena. I'm just shaking my head half the time. <laughs> Calypso Orchid. Uh, Black Brigade. Oh, God, we got to, this is an old one. We can't take the Black Brigade. That's gone. That's no more. That is no more. JimFear138.blogspot.com. Not only does he do voice work, uh, he does voice for my books. He also has a pretty good nerd podcast. I should do, download that. <clears throat> Get that there. TJMartinell.com. He finally put in an RSS feed. Of course... It's only the RSS logo that links to the RSS feed. The thing, the text next to it saying RSS feed links to nowhere. Um, but that's all right. He's a rookie podcaster. He'll get it. Small scale life, entrepreneurs in cars. Hang on. Uh, that's um, Rich Cooper over in Canada. I don't know if he's back now in Canada yet or not. He was down south in the Baja, Bahaing around. Uh, if you like some fiction, podcast.michaelkingswood.com <coughs> slash RSS. Podcast.michaelkingswood.com slash RSS. That's the only non-communist science fiction writer in the world. So if you like science fiction but you do not like communism, he is the only guy you can read from. Only guy. Safetyphd.com. That's our good friend, Dr. David Paradin. Check out the safety doc, especially if you have kids and you want to protect them. Him and TJ did a podcast together. I'm looking forward to downloading that. 
And uh, what else? Betterment. I got my Betterment affiliate program. You can check that out on captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Um, hang on. I swear to God, that phone goes off one more time. Aaron, you could turn it off. I know I could. I could. <sighs> Betterment. That's where I'm going to go because I paid off my house. And I don't know what else to do with my money. That's a problem to have now, isn't it, Aaron? Yes, it is. <laughs> For the first time, I'm like, oh, maybe I will invest in an IRA. God damn it. I don't want to invest in an IRA. There's nothing to buy. Ooh, you can get a 2% dividend yield. Oh, wow. Suck my dick. Oh, God. What the hell? I should do peer-to-peer lending. That's what I should do. All right, anyway. Then we have my two other books. If you like reading my blog, go to my blog, by the way. I wrote an article called What Gen Z Can Learn from the Millennials. It's great. Um, But if you want the best of my blog, I do occasionally back up my blog's writings in case the Google decides that we don't like your speech no more and they delete it. So um, I've got two backup books. I should be coming out with a third. I just... I just don't feel like it. I feel like playing video games and relaxing and, and building snow forts with my niece. Took her to the toy store too. <clears throat> we built snow forts, built snow tunnels. And all oh, let's go to the toy store. And swear to God, do they all have to go to the bathroom right when you get there? I have to go to the bathroom. I told you to go before. Try to go back. Goes to the comeback. We go to the toy store again. We don't even make it another five minutes. I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, I, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm like, okay, here's your two toys. Bye. And that's what's great about being an uncle because parents, you still got to deal with them after that. Uh, I don't know what that has to do with Betterment or my backup books, but my backup books, you can find them on Amazon.com. They're called Captain Capitalism Top Shelf and Captain Capitalism Reserve. And then if you are looking for precious metals, may I recommend you call my buddy Mike at MinnesotaGoldBuyer.com or MMGoldBuyer. Dot com. 763-657-7843. 763-657-7843. That's my good buddy, Mike. Let him know the captain sent you or Aaron. Um, we did fan mail. We did all that. We did all this. All right. That's it. I can delete that. We are done. I'm going to save that there. Close out that there. All right. We'll see you kids later. Toodles.